Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are again leading up to the NCAA tournament with a bunch of great guests. And today, one of the best guests you can possibly have. I'm welcomed by Devontae Smith-Rivera, Georgetown class of 2016. If you don't know, you should know if you're listening to this Georgetown podcast. But I'll just fill you in real quick. DSR is Georgetown's fifth all-time leading scorer. He's the all-time leading three-point shooter in school history, and it wasn't just scoring for Devontae. He's ninth all-time in assists, and he was a former first-team All-Big East performer. Now that we have that all out of the way, Devontae, what is it like? Georgetown's back in the mix. It's great, right? Yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited. Um, these guys are, are rolling at the right time, and, uh, you know, I think we have a great chance this year, and, and I, I look forward to seeing what they could do. So, DSR, you know, not a lot was thought of this team. It was kind of a rebuilding year. I know the last mm-hmm. time we spoke, I think you were really positive. And you said, hey, don't worry. The guys are going to get back. I don't know if you meant mm-hmm. this year, but it has come through this year. Were you able to watch any of the end of the season for the Hoyas? How much were you able to keep in touch with? And then particularly this last week up at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I was able to catch uh, quite a few games. I mean, they're not, you know, far. I mean, DePaul is up the road from Indianapolis, which is my home base. Uh, Butler is also here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I always, always catch those guys when they, you know, have those tough games, St. John's and um, some other good matchups as well. But, you know, I'm always keeping an eye on the Hoyas. And, uh, you know, within this past week, watching them at MSG was just, I mean, it was incredible. I was happy to see, you know, them get the matchups that I thought were, were always in our favor. And then, uh, yeah. you know, the Villanova, the Villanova win, I felt, you know, kind of trickled down because once we beat the the top team right now in the conference, uh, you know, I think uh, our confidence kind of grew from there. So last night, I did a little bit of covering the NBA. Last night, Jeff Green, uh, who's obviously with the Nets now, has a great chance of winning mm-hmm. a title himself. You know, he led off his postgame press conference with giving a shout out to the Hoyas and what they've done. You know, everyone listening right now is a fan. What is it like being a former player, being a former great? Have you been, you know, texting with your buddies, Bradley Hayes and, um, you know, Domingo and Bolden and guys like that? What What's it like as a former player? Oh, it's great, man. I mean, we talk about it all the time and just, uh, you know, watching the guys and, and wishing the best for them, obviously. And, uh, you know, shout out to Javon Blair, um, Dante, who's playing well. Both of that, that combo backcourt, I love them. Uh, I love to watch him play. And, you know, the rest of those guys are, are extremely uh, gifted as well. And I think it just meshed well, like I said, at the right time. And uh, for all the former Hoyas, they're making us proud. And, and we look forward to seeing them making a pretty good run. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Javon Blair. So, you know, you were on the last Hoyas team to make the NSA tournament. So that came up a lot. And, you know, you were the last player on Georgetown to be on the all-tournament team. Um, after this week, obviously, Harris and uh, Kudus Wahab and Javon Blair did. 
but they talk a lot. I feel like every game in the beginning, it was almost like it was in Gus Johnson and Jimmy Jackson's notes because Javon just joined you and Jonathan Wallace as the, you know, the only three players in program history to hit over 203 pointers. Um, what, what do you like about mm-hmm. Javon Blair's game? One of the things the announcer said was he's kind of got that shooter mentality. And I feel like you did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, it's he, you have to be uh, you have to have no conscience first off uh, as a shooter <laughs> or someone that yeah someone that uh, the team relies on you to make shots mostly when when you need them uh, in in close games and stuff like that and I think he's accepted that role I think he's playing it really well now and uh, you know hopefully he can keep climbing and and, and make some more and uh, you know push us forward and, and hopefully we can make a good run man make a good run. Now, when does that start? I mean, I know that, you know, you were at Oak Hill, you were on a mm-hmm. good AU team. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get that shooter mentality, is that just in you? Or at some point, does a coach recognize you and say, hey, look, kid, I know that you missed a couple, but you're our guy. Like, so is that just in you or does someone bring it out of you when you're when you're younger? Uh, I would say mostly uh, my parents. My, you know, okay. my mom had the, the uh, utmost faith in, in my abilities, my dad as well. But um, I didn't really start to shoot the ball, I would say, that well until I went to Oak Hill, which, you know, a lot of it was like a mentality. I mean, our team was really well-rounded, and I just started to, you know, gain confidence, obviously, because my teammates and coach and uh, a lot of the guys that I was around, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, rolled over and trickled over to me as far as being able to shoot the ball and trusting, you know, my skills. So uh, I just wanted to carry that over going into Georgetown and, uh, worked out now you played with so many good players I, I can't even list them all if I do I'm gonna forget somebody mm-hmm. and someone's gonna get upset with me but when you watch this team is there someone particularly that you look you say hey I wouldn't mind playing with him uh I mean a lot of the, the guys I mean what I love about the team is that defensively they all seem to be on a string and and that's one thing that uh you know can culturally define a team now they're you know mentioning the Hoya paranoia and it, and it yeah. shows uh I think you know, that is something that, you know, you would always want to be a part of. I think Pat is a great coach. I think he, you know, understands the X's and O's, but he also is a, is a player's coach. Um, very relatable and someone who, you know, understands your position and, and how to maximize your potential and things like that. So, you know, I, I think the team in general is just a great group. And, and a lot of guys, it seem like it's really fun to be around and, and again, I, I'm excited for him, and I look forward to seeing those guys go. And you bring up Patrick Ewing. I think it was oh man, I forget they played so many games, four and four days. I think it might have been after the Villanova game where he went on his. It was kind of funny, but I think he was also kind of annoyed about um, the security at Madison Square Garden, not knowing who he is, which is kind yeah. of crazy. Do, do, do you yeah. think? And you know that obviously blew up. Do you think that that in a way that could have maybe helped the team because all of a sudden the attention went from the players all under the coach uh i think it helped uh from the from the perspective of uh you know they may have taken that as disrespect you know okay. this guy is somebody who um you know paved the way for a lot of guys um he is you know madison square garden he is you know yeah. new york basketball somebody who i mean i, I would recognize him anywhere and you know <laughs> yeah. for him to walk into yeah, I mean, for one, just his size and, you know, the the obvious reasons. But at the same time, you know, he walks into his home. And, and if I'm anyone who's ever in Madison Square Garden, you could imagine seeing him around somewhere. 
um, not just his jersey, you know, hanging from the rafters or things like that. But, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, posters and, you know, vivid pictures of him. And, you know, if you're any type of basketball, you know, have any type of basketball, um, you know, awareness or, you know, history or anything like that, you definitely know who he is. So I'm sure they took that as, you know, wow, they really don't think that we deserve to be here, you know, and I'm sure he drove that home with them in, in, in some way, shape or form. So uh, that was just more fuel to the fire. Yeah, for sure. So you made the NCAA tournament twice. From a player's mm-hmm. perspective, you know, the fans get all excited. They watch the bracket show. And this was a different year. So I want to say when you made the tournament, you know, there was a big event at um, one of the cafeterias on campus. Um, uh, what's it like as a player when, you know, you know you're making it, but when you see your name pop up on that screen? Um, it's, a, it's a great feeling. I mean, you always look forward to it. And, you know, the biggest part is like, obviously you want to know your matchup and stuff like that too, which is always fun because, you know, it's it's a non-conference game typically or like a team you haven't played before or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, it's always, it's always pretty interesting, but it's always a fun time because, you know, everyone just wants to get their, their name called. It's kind of like being drafted, you know, to a smaller extent, but uh, that, that's what it, you know, it comes to. I mean, just having the opportunity to play on the biggest stage and, um, you know, maybe getting matchups against some guys that you hear about or that you see across the country and um, being able to go toe-to-toe with some of the best is, is always a fun uh, fun situation. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And then it's a little bit different for this year's Georgetown team because they enter as the underdog. You know, when you made it, you guys were a two seed. You guys were a four seed. What do you think, or I should say it this way, do you think that there might be any advantages, even though they just had a great week and there have been, you know, Georgetown's being picked as like the, the trendy upset pick. Do you think that there might be an advantage or just something different about coming in as a 12 seed? Yeah. Or as a player, yeah. does, that, does that not matter? Well, I would I would like to think as a player it shouldn't matter, but you know in yeah. re, in in reality it, it does um, just because you know teams can come in and um, not expect you to play as well as you can if you're a lower seed, but yeah. you know if you're a top seed, obviously you you know the target is on you. So uh, you know you pretty much have to. I feel like there's more, let's say, pressure you know applied upon the team who's supposed to win as opposed to yeah the team that, you know, is, is on the rise and, okay, you, you want them to do well and you expect them to do well, but, you know, there's no expectations. Whereas, like, for me, being a Hoya, you know, with this team in particular, you know, my expectations are, uh, you know, on that level because I know how good this, this group really is and they showed that this past week. Yeah, they're kind of like an undervalued stock. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think um, they'll, and yeah, the- I, and, I, and I think they'll, I think they'll, you know, make us more than proud, you know, win win or lose just based on, you know, the effort that they show within this past week. But, you know, obviously we want to continue to, to, to keep it rolling, you know. 
Yeah, and then, you know, it's great you know, talking to DSR here and just getting the, you know, I can talk to all the, you know, other people in the media. Um, I just had Rich Fotkin on, but, you know, none of them played. So for you, as a player, when you're getting ready, and obviously this is a different coaching staff, but just in general, you know, when you're getting ready for the NCAA tournament, I know you, the focus is on the team ahead, but how much of it is sort of in the peripheral looking at the other game and, you know, having like a little bit of an idea. I mean, you don't have all the time in the world, but you have to kind of spread it out. Is that kind of what happens or is it just solely on the team that you're playing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, with, with less preparation, I mean, I think a lot of it is your ability to, you know, quickly transition into that environment. I mean, it, it does, it is, exciting you know it's like it's one of those situations where you know everything is just over emphasized you know your emotions your anxiety and everything is just like you know through the roof just because you want to go out there and perform you know at the highest level and and showcase what you can do but I think uh you know with most guys you settle in after the first you know tv time now that's my next (laughs) question that's great that's great you're 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 on my wavelength (laughs) nice so yeah that that uh you know, that right there, I think, is what allows guys to settle in and, you know, kind of start to get their feet on the ground instead of being on this, like, you know, high going into the tournament. Everyone is, like, excited and, you know, riled up and stuff like that, which is really good because I think it creates the camaraderie and, and brings, you know, pretty much every uh, school together. But, you know, that also, I think, brings out the, the most competitive, you know, nature that you can possibly have. And then – Georgetown's heading to your well, everyone is, but Georgetown as well is heading to your yep. neck of the woods. Are you going to get yep. a chance to get out there? I know in normal years, you know, you've been at games at Butler and Georgetown, as you know, as a player, and after you've left as well, they've just had phenomenal sets at Hinkle, and that's where they're that's where they're going to be. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, they're literally up the street from uh, my home now, and you know, it's a few minutes away, so I'll I'll be there at every game. You know, hopefully uh, all the way through and. I'll be there to support and in all my Hoya gear and, 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 you know, representing as well as possible. So I know that you said many times throughout this conversation that you hope that they do the best and whatever they do is going to be, you know, representing the school really well. Do you want to give an actual prediction for how far they go or you want to just leave it at that? Uh, I will not give an actual prediction, <laughs> but I, I, I do, I, I do think, I do think we make it, through this, uh, through the first weekend, I'll say that for sure. Okay, I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and DSR, you know, last time we were on, we spoke a lot about your music, and I know that's been continuing. Can you give me kind of an update and, you know, let the people know where they can where they can find you and support you? Yeah. So uh, I'm on social media. Uh, DSR number four, number three uh, on Instagram primarily right now. Uh, you can follow or find all my music, Spotify. Uh, YouTube, Apple Music, every every streaming site um, possible, yeah, and, and it's DSR, and uh, you can find all all of my uh, singles and songs and you know production and all that stuff on there as well. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy, and I, I look forward to it. Well, thanks again so much, DSR, and I'm not going to lie. If they do get out of this weekend and they stay in Indianapolis, I'm definitely going to have to have you back as we prepare going forward. I'm not trying to jinx it. I just want to prepare you. You're going to get that message, okay? That works. That'll be awesome. I look forward to it.
All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Kente Corner. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Make sure to subscribe and rate. Message me at Bobby Bancroft. My DMs are open, and I want to make the show as best I can. DSR, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, guys. Go always. Yes.